Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Drew Pearson. You are listening to the Pearson Perspective. This is a deep dive into the stories and mindsets of successful business operators and investors. Let's go have some fun. All right, today is going to be a solo episode with yours truly. We are going to talk about the acquisition process, things we've learned over the last few years, uh, technology we use, but most importantly, um, kind of the framework, the processes, but also um, kind of the mental side of it. As I think about acquisitions, I kind of attribute 70% to following a process, following our investment thesis. Does this tick all the boxes? And 30% is kind of a gut check. Um, you know, the just the old eyeball test. A mentor of mine once always encouraged to go buy properties on a rainy day because you're much less um, emotionally charged. You're much more negative about the project. So if it still passes the smell test uh, when it's raining and cold, in February, it's probably a good deal. Let's hop on in. Um, from uh, just a high-level side, we use Trello to kind of manage our um, due diligence process. Trello is a really cheap tool that allows your team to collaborate. Think of like a giant whiteboard with sticky notes on it. And uh, so you can move these sticky notes around. You can assign them to different team members. Uh, different people can comment within the card. You can assign due dates, add pictures, Excel spreadsheets. Um, It's really just a great tool for us. Um, Super easy, super cheap to use. So I encourage everybody to to get better organized and use Trello for their acquisitions. But you know, I think when we first talk about um, kind of due diligence checklists and acquisitions, um, you know, checklists help provide a framework to reduce obvious errors. It's used to be used as a guide and not as gospel. So always keep that in mind. Uh, during the underwriting phase, when we when a new project comes across our desk or we're cold calling and find something that uh, potentially could be purchased, we always wanna run it through our investment thesis criteria first. One, is it can we purchase it at or below replacement cost? Two, is it leased to tenants at or below market rent? And three, is it in a stable growing market? So let's go through those three things and why they're important. First, um, you know, if, if purchase at or below replacement cost means if we purchased a vacant land next door and built the exact same product, are we getting at a discount to today's cost? We typically want to be 25 to 40% below that replacement value today. And that's important because if our tenants uh, want to leave us or go somewhere else, it's going to cost a whole lot more for that owner is gonna need to charge a lot more rent to make a a market level return. Two, uh, is it leased to tenants at or below market rent? We wanna avoid investments, um, you know, buying a Starbucks for instance. If they ever leave, it's very expensive to pay that, to replace that rent. And finally, um, stable growing market, that's kind of self-exclamatory, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. That said, we have bought an asset or two in some uh, markets with declining population and done very well. So as the uh, venerable Warren Buffett always says, price is my due diligence. And the way we really um, look at markets, we have kind of a data analytical approach. 
uh, we kind of scrape some free data online where we look at population growth over the last two decades. We look at home values uh, from 2019 as compared to 2010, which is where the data stops. We look at average household income increases over that same time period. And we also look at crime. And so we have different metrics for all three of those. Uh, Green is good, red is bad. We'll put that into our spreadsheet. And again, we're looking for kind of three out of four in addition to meeting our um, investment thesis. So if we're buying a self-storage facility, which is often what we're doing, we'll also layer in our supply and demand analysis through radiusplus.com. We'll look at the one, three, and five mile trade area, um, how much climate, how much non-climate is in the market. And we'll also divide that by the population. We have some different metrics. We want to see um, kind of sat saturation per person in the market to let us know if it's um, at or undersupplied. Again, it's the nuances here are important in the Gulf South. Um, we tend to have a higher per person uh, requirement than maybe in the Midwest. They have um, basements and attics and storage. For whatever reason, we have more stuff down here. It's also important we drill into specifically the climate. What we found in um, smaller markets is the climate is underserved. And for just a few bucks more, that's the product type we're looking to build or buy. Uh, and then finally, we want to, um, if, it, if it is storage, again, we want to call our five closest competitors, shop the rates and specials, um, you know, through some good phraseology and questions, we can kind of back into um, how full they are, demand, and pull um, their asking rates offline. And using all those assumptions, what we just found, we want to plug in our financial modeling. So then we make an offer. Um, Let's say, all right, great, we're under contract now. The next layer of work begins. We want to start getting bids on our lights, camera, paint, action, business plan. We want to complete an annual property budget expense for internal and both for lender purposes. Um, we'll contact our insurance agent to get estimated new rates. You know, if we're on the Gulf Coast, we're going to factor in a higher X wind, which is really killing us right now. But again, the more deals you do, the more reps you get, the closer to accurate you can get, um, which is one of the benefits of just being in the market. Uh, we will update the survey or get a new survey if, if we don't have one on file. Oftentimes, if you call the same surveyor who did the prior work, he'll go out and update it in half the time for half the cost since it's already in his records. We'll request a rent roll, two years, profit and loss statement, and or tax returns if available. We'll call the um, assessor and verify the tax bill. We have a great uh, phase one environmental consultant. He'll go out to the site, do a phase one, uh, verify there are no underground tanks. There have been no spills. There's no barrels on site, anything like that. If we have to go to a phase two, he'll do core sampling and, um, you know, kind of soil testing. We don't want to go there. That's usually a deal killer. And, um, you know, we'll go through our, our big inspection reports, which are roof, mechanical, and HVAC. You know, our business plan is really to buy properties between built between 1990 and 2010. So just by merit, we're getting to the end of the effective life of roofs and HVACs. So it's always, you know, kind of a negotiation point. Um, and at day 14, 
in our inspection period, we'll contact our attorney, order title on the property. So we'll get that going. We'll get appraisal going. And we will uh, finalize a modeling, finalize our financial modeling to really button all that up. And then one thing we do, which is, again, as we've learned, uh, communication and teams are just so important. And while lenders, attorneys, all these guys are not technically employed by us, they are certainly team members. And so we want to employ as much um, kind of shared communication as possible. We set up Dropbox folders with lenders so that they're getting real-time updates and um, it helps with their organization with our organization there's never any like hey did you send the survey it got lost in the email yada yada they have the dropbox folder they can rock and roll with it usually around day um, 10 to 17 once under contract we make an on-site visit Um, and this again is if we can do it during a rainy day that's all the better the main destroyer of real estate, though the physical asset, is water. That's what we're always trying to solve for. Any obvious signs of poor water drainage on the exterior, water lines or rust along the base or foundation. Are there any? Is there any mold growing in shaded areas? Is there standing pools in the parking lot? Does the concrete or asphalt come above base grade of the foundation where it flows back into the building? Surprisingly, we, we've had that happen to us before. Interior inspections are the same thing. Do you see any um, stained or sagging ceiling tiles, rust, rusted metal panels, water stains on the floor? We'll also make a cursory inspection of HVAC units. A buddy of mine who owns an HVAC service company gave me a tip. He said, look for the serial number st- uh, sticker with a serial number on it. If it's faded off, that typically means it's seven to eight years old or older. Um, you know, depending on the units, you can kind of get 12, 13 years out of them. So we're on the back half of the life at minimum. Our major reports um, will kind of tell us the effective life of roof, parking lot, HVAC. Those are the big ones. And lastly, during a site visit, um, are there any eyesores that can be easily fixed? Trash outside? Is there overgrown landscaping? Are there any trees that need to be trimmed? Can we upgrade the signage, upgrade the lighting? Can we repaint the pylons whole for the sign? Can we repaint the exterior of the building? What we found is paint is really our best investment once we own the asset. Um, For just a few bucks, we can really change the appearance. That with some great digital photography um, just makes the asset really pop. And so that's really how we think about once we're in the contract phase, once we do site visits, and then again, we overlay Trello on top of all of this and Dropbox so that we can easily communicate with our in-house team and external parties. Um, Always the goal here is to avoid what I call the Chinese fire drill situation where we're two days before closing, everybody's scrambling, reports aren't in, we're waiting on this and that. But if we can kind of communicate almost twice weekly, it seems, with everybody, we can stay on point and on track. Thanks so much. I hope this was helpful. Love to hear back from you if if y'all do anything differently. I would really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you're listening or watching to this show. Thanks so much for joining us on this audio adventure. Let's go have some fun.